Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Hello, good morning, His Church. How are you guys this morning? Got three campuses joining us today. Amarillo, can I hear your voice today? I want to feel that Texas excitement. Dumas, I've got you on the line today. We're excited to have you. And we have Henderson, Kentucky, the wildest campus that we actually have. So uh, they are a wild crew, a fun crew. And we are so excited to be here and to be learning the word of God today and delving into those things. We have had a fantastic week this week. I am obnoxiously celebrating the 4th of July a week ahead of time and all throughout this week. So if you see me at any point this week, Don't be surprised if I have uh, red, white, and blue boots on my feet because it could happen. I'm just saying. We're going to have the biggest time, and uh, I, I was getting my nails done red, white, and blue, and uh, because girl preachers need things like that. And so the lady said, Jesse, I just think this might be a little obnoxious. And I was like, yes, that's what I was going for. I'm glad you said so. So I, uh, I am excited about this week because we celebrate our freedom. We have fought for freedoms all year long. And this week is our week to celebrate and rejoice for all that God has held kept as we held the line this year. So I want to thank you for that. Um, this, this week I was reminded of it because we thought we were just going to a conference, uh, and the conference was important, and we had a lot of people that we were going to meet and talk to there. Pastor Brian had interviews all week long. I think he did 20 in three days, and so we were just working and doing, and we showed up to this party, and it was beautiful, and it was actually in a museum full of artifacts that you can't see anywhere else. It was private. We had to, uh, they had to invite you, and so we just felt special to be there. We were so excited, and Brian and I were like, this is incredible. It was like Abraham Lincoln's collar with the blood still on it. I mean, just crazy things in this museum. And we were just walking around like little kids. I saw a 1612 Bible, which if you know, you know. If you don't, we'll explain it later. It was just crazy. I just had so much fun uh, watching and looking at all these things. And we got into the um, food portion of the party. And they said that they had had this night to honor a man that didn't know he was going to be honored. And they wanted to thank him because if it hadn't been for what our church did, that it would that we would look a whole lot more like Canada most likely by this time in the process and that Pastor Brian had held the line and opened up churches and they thanked him at that celebration. I thought that was super cool. I was like, babe, it's you. They're talking about you. He's like, what? He had no idea. So they were just celebrating the, the move that we had this year. But let me tell you something. He's just a spokesperson for his church. You guys have done an incredible job serving God this year. And I want to thank you. I tell that story not to celebrate Brian, but to celebrate thank you for pushing. Thank you for being brave. Thank you for being courageous. Thank you for believing that the church is essential. Thank you for pushing into the good things of God with us. And I just want to celebrate that today. We're going to have a great time and enjoy the word of God together, but we're going to learn something and walk out different. I was approached this week uh, by two people um, and one 
one actually asked me a question and I thought it was an interesting question. I'd never really considered it, but we were talking about how much we love church. And I was telling her, I love church. Church has always been my happy place. There is never a time that I don't like church. When church gets hard, I love it. When church gets crazy, I love it. When people act weird, I love it. Whenever people act wonderful, I love it. I love the church of the living God because it's full of people that are still being perfected, that are human beings that are not perfect. And we get to be perfected in the image of God in this place. So like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So if you're working anywhere in the church and someone starts to annoy you, praise God because you just got rubbed on a little bit. And that's called the filing of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I've lived in church and I have been in church since I was just a little girl and I was just talking about how much I loved it. And so this girl asked me, she said, do you like worship or do you like the word more? And I answered her really quickly because I'm a theology major. So I was like, the word, it's, uh, it's everything. Like without the word, we have nothing. I love the word, you know? And she's like, I'm a worship girl. And I left and I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, if, the, if worship does what we aim for it to do, it will be full of the word and the music is just a tool that keeps it in your heart so that you're repeating it over and over. And we have a saying around here, it goes like this, you better put the word of God in you when you don't need it, so it'll be there when you do. So uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about it as I left her presence, I thought, man, I probably didn't explain that good enough because I'm a worship girl too. I love worship but I love the word. And I believe that the word should be our worship. That if we take our worship from the word, that that's the best kind of worship. And then we can train generations and generations and generations of people. And God had already been speaking this word to me over and over for the last three weeks. And I heard him saying, whom the sun sets free, they are free indeed. Whom the sun sets free, they are free indeed. Not whom America sets free is free indeed. Not whom uh, Joe Biden sets free is free indeed. Not who the DOJ sets free is free indeed. Not who I set free is free indeed. No, whom the sun sets free, they are free indeed. Christianity is about freedom. That is why we fight to abolish slavery all over the world as it is at the highest levels that it's ever been right now. But what is more deep, and that's the start of it, to get people to the place that they can be spiritually freed. But salvation comes from the freedom that is only in Jesus. And so even in our earthly bodies, if we find bondage, if we find oppression, if we find slavery, if we even find as little as persecution, which is much bigger for some people than other people call persecution. I hear people saying that people calling them, you know, uh, some kind of Christian is persecution. But I want you to talk to my Burmese friends and over Myanmar who are dealing with the persecution of the saints every single day of their life. Buildings being burned as soon as they build them. Wives being um, violated because of their service of God. And I think about them and I think, man, what do they want more than anything? And what I found in the underground church over and over is that more than anything in the world, they want the word. They will hold on to one piece of scripture for as long as it takes them to memorize that piece of the Bible. And they will get it down in their heart so it'll be there when they need it without them having to read it. They just memorize it. That's why scripture memorization is so vital to our spiritual development. 
And God has these things for us because he wants us to grow. He doesn't want to get you saved and just leave you there. He wants to, for you to be saved. He wants you to be full of the spirit. He wants you to go out and possess the gates of your enemies. He wants you to have everything that you need in this life. God wants to send you to the next person. See, our journey is about the next person down the road. As much as it is about us, God has called us by his authority to go into whatever world he's called us to be in, whether you're a teacher, a nurse, whether you're a preacher, whether you are a, a, a plumber, God has called you to go into that world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so the word of God living inside of each and every one of us is vital. And we start with our kids as young as humanly possible. When you meet Jesus, you should just start that. If it's three, four, five years old, start putting the word of God in you, in yourself if, and put it in your kids. If you don't meet Jesus until you're 40, start putting the word of God in you right then. And whenever you do that and you're faithful to the word, God is faithful to his word and he will develop you. So today I want to just preach a message to you called God send a word. How many of you have ever just found yourself in a place in this life that you needed God to send a word to you. You just found yourself in a desperate place or in a hurting place or in a celebration place or some moment and you're like, God, I need a word from you. I don't want to hear from my mom. I don't want to hear from anyone. I want to hear from you. And yet sometimes we still pick the, the phone up and we call our friend and we talk about what's going on in our life. And then we get off that phone and we say, God, I need a word. And then we call the next person and we explain it to them. And then we say, God, I need a word. And then the next thing we know, we're on social media writing a 10-page letter, uh, open letter to whoever we need to write it to. And then we say, God, we need a word. But we don't ever take time to stop and get a word right? And so today I want to talk to you about God sending the word into your life to rescue you, to help you, and to build you. Uh, if you'll turn with me today to John chapter 8, I'd love to go there with you. And we are going to go to verse 31. So if you want to start there, that's awesome. We're going to see a lot of red letters here. So Jesus is talking. Pay attention. That's a big deal. If you need a word from God, the best thing to do is go straight to scripture and just read the red letters. It'll be, it'll be the best thing that you ever do. And let God speak to you through his living word. It is alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing of your soul and your spirit, to the thoughts and the intents of the heart is what the Bible says. That means that it pierces between what is real and what we feel. And whenever the word of God pierces between those two worlds, it changes everything. How many of you know what you feel is not always real? And what is real is not always what we feel. But God's word is true. Let every man be a liar, even me, even Jesse's feelings. John 8 verse 31, let's go there this morning. It says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you, somebody help me, and the truth shall make you free. 
And they answered him, we're Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. That is what we have to get a hold of. If I have committed sin, how many of you have ever committed sin in your entire life? Thank you for being honest. It is beautiful. I'm going to say it one more time for those of you who were looking at your phone. How many of you have found yourself in sin in your entire, thank you for participating in my show today. Thank you very much. Uh, that was awesome. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and you have, we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now he just said it two different ways. The truth will set you free and the son setting you free makes you free indeed. Free from sin, free from everything that binds you. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I've seen with my father and you do what you have seen with your father. Now that's a little harsh because he's talking about their father, the devil, and he's talking about them looking to kill him. Therefore, the word does not dwell there. They don't know the father. They haven't received the truth that sets you free. They haven't received the son who, when he sets you free, you're free in deed. And he gives them that very sharp rebuke. And they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were born not of fornication. We have one father, God. See, they're so deceived. They're so uh, confused. They're so thinking that they're doing all the right things. And yet Jesus is literally saying to them in this moment, Abraham was a man of faith. If you were his kids, you would have enough faith to see that I am the son of the living God right here among you in the flesh. And if you want true freedom, I'm your guy. I am the son and whom the son sets free is free indeed. You don't have to be a slave. You can be a son of God. You don't have to come like Pastor Jordan said, as a servant. You are allowed to come as a son of God himself. He's looking for you. Even if you're out in, in all of the filth, God is looking for you to come home. And Jesus is trying to teach them this. And they're so busy defending their religion that they can't build their faith. And I think we have to be careful as Christians, especially those of us who have known God for a very long time, that we don't become so religious that we forget to build our faith. Because sometimes we can become so defensive of our religion that our faith can't be built. 
I found myself in this position a lot in my life, and God finally shared with me. He, he was speaking to me one day, talking to me. He was really just loving me, and he said to me, Jesse, when you get super defensive about certain issues, about certain things, and you, you want to fight with people over those issues, is it ever salvation? I said, never. He said, because in your heart, you know that salvation is there. You can prove it with scripture. You have a theological theology to back it up. You've torn it down, built it up, and you still believe Jesus came from a virgin, fully God and fully man. He entered the earth, paid for the sins of humanity. That blood paid your price. He went and was buried three days, rose again. And on the third day, he came back living so that he could still do miracles. And he's not done yet. He's still going to come back as a lion and roar and take you to heaven with him. That's solid. I, I believe that with all my heart. And if someone walks up to me and says, you know, salvation isn't true, I don't ever get feisty. I'm like, I'll work on you. Because I already know the truth and the truth has set me free in that area. But everything that I was trying to fight to defend my religion was keeping me from building my faith. And so God would show me the areas where I would get fighty with people. That's not a real word, but we're making it one today. Just getting fighty, just getting spicy with them. Just no, you can't say it like that. No, you can't do that. No, that's not okay. No, because of religious things that I thought were true, but I couldn't prove with scripture and I wasn't solid on. And the more God showed me, Jesse, do you ever, ever, ever feel the need to defend healing by the blood of Jesus? No, I do not. At that whipping post, he paid the price for me. I am solid on that faith promise. I don't ever feel the need to fight with someone. I feel the need to lay hands on someone. Get that healing virtue flowing into their body, and I get excited about it, but I never get fighty about it. These guys were fighting Jesus, the Son of God, having an argument in true Jewish style. I love it. They were just like going for it, going for it. And it's because they were defending something that was religious, but they were blocking faith building in the same moment. Isn't that interesting, church? We have to pay attention to what we're, if we're building our faith or just defending what we've been told by our grandma. John 1 and verse 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's incredible. Jesus actually came in the flesh and he made his home. He sat down and made this his place of dwelling so that he could bring salvation to all humanity through his pure and innocent blood. And I think about that. Sometimes we don't understand that respecting and honoring the word is respecting and honoring God himself. That word that came from him came in the form of flesh and dwelt among us. God told the whole story in this word and brought it to us and delivered it to us so that we could hold on to it like we were a part of the underground church. Our excitement about that should be just as deep as anyone who's being persecuted. We should hold on to the Bible. When you hand a persecuted pastor a Bible, it is like you literally just gave him a million dollars because he's been living on one page, sometimes for 10, 15, 20 years living and teaching what he knows and what is revelatory to him. Maybe an angel visited him. Maybe he feels like he knows something by God, but this is proof in the pudding that what he's preaching is truth and he gets so excited. She gets so excited. 
The word is vital. The word is how we know what the truth is. The word is so incredibly important to our lives. It is the truth, and the truth makes us free. Whom the Son or the Word sets free, God is the Word, right? He came in the flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, it, it, the Bible talks about Jesus coming to the earth and embodying flesh, but, ha but he was the Word sent to us. So we have Jesus here, and whom the Son or the Word of God sets free is free indeed. Real freedom comes from receiving that word in the flesh. It comes from receiving the son. Today, I, I wanna tell you about a man in scripture that I, I love the story of. He's a centurion and he, he had a servant, not even a son, he had a servant and he was at his house and he was suffering. He said suffering terribly. And this man is a high ranking official in the army and he comes and he says, I need you, Jesus. I have a servant at my house and he is suffering terribly. God, will you help this man? And Jesus said, should I come? Should I come to your house? Jesus was willing. And he looked back at him and he said, there's no need. I don't even think I deserve to have you under my roof. And I'm a man under authority, and I say to this one, go, and he goes in my name, and they take care of things. And I say to this one that's under me, uh, come, and he comes, and we take care of things. All in my name, they do things. And so I know about authority. I know about using someone's name to get something done. You see, in that day and age, that servant or that person that was under him would be able to run to the next place and use his name and use his money and use whatever they needed to do to get the job done. And he understood that the authority given to you by those above you was vitally important and able to be used. And it was a fine way to handle business. And so he said to Jesus, listen, all you have to do is send your word. I love this story because sometimes we want the flesh to be right around the word. Sometimes you may look in the pulpit and it's not your favorite preacher that week. I like that other person just a little bit better. But God says in his word that if we will receive the word, that's what changes our life. See, the flesh doesn't change the word. The flesh is just a carrier. But if we send the word, that's a big deal. Now, I'm, I'm glad that we're not in the, uh, in the ancient Near East in the early church because they all they got was a letter and then someone read it. And they were used to this because in their synagogues, they would read uh, the, the reading for the day. And so when Paul came along and he began to send these letters into the church of Ephesus or into the church, wherever it was, they would receive a letter and then they would take that letter and they would read it and they would get that stuff inside of them. And whatever Paul wanted to communicate, he would send a letter. Today, what do we send? We send a video and it goes into the next place and it doesn't matter how it comes through a screen, through another body, through Pastor Brian, through Pastor Jordan, through Pastor John Tatum, through whoever your campus pastor is, you have them that day or you might have a video, or you might have whatever it is. I'm just glad we don't get a letter because how many of you know when someone reads you their letter, it's not very exciting. 
But today we get to have just a little for a different form of a letter, which is a video, or we get to have a live person. But whatever, that, whatever the word is wrapped in, that's just the human side of God. That's just the tool that God uses to get the word to you. And he uses that platter, if you will. I like to call campus pastors a platter because that is what we do. We're just a platter for God. It's just like whatever the vision is, whatever the meal is, whatever's going to feed us, whatever nourishes our spiritual walk, they just plop that wonderful, unbelievable, yummy food right on top of whatever platter comes. Now, some of us are different. We're different. Our, our makeup is different. I, I like to think that I'm the shiniest one of all, right? now because I think I'm the only, uh, nope, Pastor Tiffany, she's shiny too. I'm the only girl, but she, I'm not. It's Pastor Tiffany. So the, shi the shinier, sometimes we think the shinier, the better. But I don't know about you. I have had some mean barbecue on a paper plate. I'm just saying. Like, you can eat some really, really good food. And listen, paper plates aren't what they used to be. They're fancy now. You can buy them at TJ Maxx. That proves they're fancy. So you can just take that paper plate and you put the world's best food on it. Nobody cares about what plate it's on at that point. They just want to eat the good food, right? The Bible says that your words were sweet and I did eat them and they became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. You see, the way that we receive God's word makes it either a filthy, nasty, terrible thing that we had to go through, or do we feel like we just got dessert from God, a special treat that God delivers to us. A lot of it, I believe, is in the way that we receive the word, not necessarily in the way it's delivered, although there is some skill in that but also in the way that we receive it into our lives. And when both of those, when the person giving the word and the person receiving the word are both as excited about the word getting inside of people, then something incredible happens in the body of Christ. We become fully functioning followers and developed disciples of Jesus Christ. See, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why today, as we do uh, SUM day, and we, excite, we get people excited about going to school, whatever that looks like, so much different than it was before COVID. Everybody was like, I'm leaving, I'm going somewhere, I'm doing whatever. And now we have all of these reasons why people's things are falling through. See, we thought that we were providing an experience for people that couldn't leave where they were right now, and they could still learn the word of God, get their theological degree. And we said, that's a great idea. Let us do that in all of our churches. But now what we're seeing is young people all around the country who are not able to go into the programs that they thought they were. Things are shutting down. Things are requiring uh, certain mandates that kids don't want to abide by and parents don't want them to. So now I see it and I think, man, there's so many people that need this experience because there are so many that are called to share the word of God with people in, throughout their whole lives. There's so many people who've been in church forever and don't feel like they are getting all that they could get and they want more, more, more of God. And the best part of it is that I understand that when you're in the local body, not just in a parachurch ministry or somewhere far off, that you can not only eat, but you can exercise. Because every Sunday morning, you can eat the word of God all week and then you can come and put all of that into action. And so your body becomes healthy because how many of you know if you eat all the time you become obese but if you eat and move you become strong 
And if you eat good food, healthy food, strong food, protein-filled food, then you get really strong. And if God can cause you to eat the word and move your body in service in the local body, then we have got an incredibly healthy believer that can reach people for Jesus. And I love it. I love every minute of it. I'm so grateful for my theological training, but outside of the church of the living God, there is no way on the planet that I could do the day in and day out of ministry. And so I just want you to know today that whether you are here just this morning or you're here for the SUM thing, that you, the word is vital to you. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to any of us. Today we stand and we honor the word. I want you to stand up with me today and just grab your Bible if you have it or if it's on your phone, go ahead and shake it around just like this. This makes all the demons in hell nervous because this is what changes your life. This is what changes your life forever. I want you to say it with me today. Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. I will hide this word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Love you guys. Amen.